this is Justin Haley driving the number 31 College Racing Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series. Hey guys, this is Sheldon Creed, driver of the number two wheel in Chevrolet for RCI Race. Hey everybody, this is Adam Alexander from NASCAR on Fox. This is Sam Air. You're listening to the You're listening to the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian and Brian Nolan. of April 5th, 2023, and I think we're just living in the world of Pentec Motorsports. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is another edition of the Front Stretch Podcast. I am your host, Mr. As Mr. Dalton Hopkins told me via phone call today. Hello, Mr. Brian Timothy Dale Nolan of the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian Nolan. Say hello, that's me. Hi, hello. I'm not the problem, but hello to me. On this week's edition of the program, a little bit of a reunion, reunited, however you want to say this joyous, momentous occasion. Yes, folks, co-hosts back together. Adam Cheek from Stock Car Scoop's going to be joining the program. We're going to be recapping Richmond, previewing Bristol, and right in the middle, smack dab right in the middle, our Luke and Glover sat down with a fantastic conversation with Ken Schrader, the legend. Folks, it was so good. We had to split it up. So you're going to get part one this week, part two next week, and it's going to be, in the words of Rob Lowe, incredible. It's going to be incredible. I know Mr. Real Raising himself appreciated that reference, but enough about me. We got a lot to talk about, not a lot of time to do so. So let's wave this green flag. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. Green flag is out. What is going on? I'm going to bring in this guy that always knows how to grind my gears, sometimes in the positive way, most of the times in the negative way. I digress. I, I'm just messing with him. My man, we took over probably over a full year um, co-hosting together. Now he is going solo. Well, I have um, gone solo as well. The host of Mr. Stock Car Scoop. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adam James Cheek. Mr. Cheek, how we doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. My middle name is not James. That's okay. But yeah. I call everyone James. Michael <laughs> James Massey, Dalton James Hopkins. Everyone's middle name is James. Well, we did do about a year. I think close to a year and a half of Stock Car Scoops okay. together from the beginning of 21 through about the 600. Uh, last year, give or take a little bit, but it's good to be back on the Front Church Podcast. Thanks for having me. Adam, you uh, are Andrew Stoddard and then sadly are, are Michael Massey. I digress. I have to get my digs in with him because he's been, he, he always gets his digs in at me. Uh, the three of you chaps was in and on location at Richmond Raceway. And well, for the, for the past few years, it's not been the best. Last year it got better, and I feel like it did get a little bit better this time around. And it, this race kind of just played out how the entire season has played out, and it's been HMS, HMS, HMS. Hendrick Motorsports, once again, domination, domination, domination. We thought the Toyotas would be making a uh, a little bit of a run, but... Martin Truex Jr. fades down the stretch. Denny Hamlin with his pit road penalty after getting into J.J. Alien, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Um, and then William Byron getting getting bumped by Christopher Bell, maybe a little bit of contact with Ross Chastain. When that is said and done, Kyle Larson was in the right place at the right time, takes advantage, and after um, losing at Phoenix, he kind of got a little bit of a, a redemption win, winning his first race of the season and um, leading 93 laps on four occasions while his teammate led 117. Mr. Cheek, this is domination from HMS, having um, three cars in the top 10. All four would have been in the top 10 if Byron did not spin. Like I said in the opener, it kind of just feels like we're living in the HMS world right now because they, I, I don't see them stopping even without their main crew chiefs. No, not at all. And this, you mentioned Denny Hamlin and Toyota kind of fading on the stretch, and I do want to get into that as well. Um, but it was a tale of two races. You had Hendrick, who was running pretty well to start the race. It was, they kind of bookended things because you had 
Byron up front early on and Larson and Bowman. Bowman ran a really good race. I think people are kind of underselling him there. He ended up with a top 10 finish and ran a really good race overall. Uh, Larson, of course, winning the race. Josh Berry's team, they didn't run all that well during the race. I think I want to say he like he was one of the drivers that made the most passes under green or something like that, or one of them that did. Um, so he made a lot of passes and he made a lot of moves, but he was never really a factor until late when that strategy call put them in second. And it's like, oh my God, you know, Josh Berry could win this race if something goes sideways for Kyle Larson. Things went sideways for William Byron, but that's a different story. His race went completely out the window near the end. Uh, but Hendrick, just as a whole, I mean, you have Byron with two wins, you have Larson with one. I would venture that if Chase Elliott were still racing, he would probably have a win by now or have been close to a couple of wins. Uh, and you also have Alex Bowman, who's run some solid races. I think Hendrick is putting on a clinic during these first seven races. And I don't want to call it just yet for the season, just because we're only seven races in. But they've been incredibly impressive, especially at the expense of the Fords kind of being okay. And Gibbs and 2311 trying to find their footing, despite Tyler Reddick's win. Let's dive into a couple of some audio clips that we found via our Adam Cheek, Michael Mazza, as well as Andrew Starr. Let's hear from the winner in Kyle Larson. Come to Richmond, you know that uh, the Gibbs cars are going to be the the ones to beat. Um, they just have a a package, I guess, for this for this track. And um, so I knew, or at least I thought going into the race, you, know, you don't know uh, without practice, but I thought going into the race that they were going to be the tough ones. And, um, you know, when I was going backwards in the end of that second stage, a lot of the cars past me were Gibbs cars. So I was like, okay, they're, they're really good. And I could see them kind of chewing up on, on Williams lead in front of me and then ultimately passing him too. So, um, yeah, they were, they were probably still better than, than we were, um, today, but, um, you know, this has historically been a really bad track for Hendrick too. So, um, to have all of us run up front majority of the day, uh, come away with a one-two finish, um, lead as many laps as we did between William and I. Like it was, uh, you know, the best the best day I think Hendricks had at Richmond in, in decades probably. So um, you're proud of the effort and, and really really proud of how we've been as a whole organization at every racetrack you know so far this season. Once again, that was the winner, Mister. Kyle Larson. Now there was um there was some intrigue going on middle way through the race. Adam Martin Truex Jr. takes the lead, ended up leading two times for 56 laps. However, due to the strategy, they came in for their final pit stop and they unfortunately had to put scuffed tires on. Um, and the end of the race, our Davy Siegel, who hosted this, have to make sure that he I had to give him some credit because he did a fantastic job getting this audio. He um, released this audio via after the race via crew chief James Small and Martin Drex Jr. on the Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90 Twitter account at Sirius XM via Davey Siegel. Let's take a listen between Martin Drex Jr. and crew chief James Small. Sorry, how's that? How's that? We had that seven last I don't understand what you just said. That was pitiful. Had scuffed tires on there because we hosed ourselves taking that set in stage one. So we'll regardless. Sorry, we f***ed up. You didn't tell me you put scuffs on, so I didn't know what the f*** was wrong, okay? Jesus. No point in telling you. We'll f*** either way. Once again, that was crew chief James Small and... Uh, Martin Drex Jr. Adam, is there cause for concern? Because James Small literally flat out told Martin Drex Jr., no, I didn't tell you we didn't we didn't take scuff tires. And so Martin Drex Jr. replied, you didn't tell me you put scuffs on, so I didn't know what the beep was wrong. Okay, Jesus, back and forth, back and forth. I know it was in the heat of the moment, Adam, but is there some cause for concern? Because you, this is literally like a head coach and a quarterback in basketball. And if they're if they're bickering like that, is that a cause for concern? You know, I'm going to kind of frame this as an overall cause of concern for the Toyota camp as a whole and, and focusing in on Truex. Because so throughout the race, you had some solid runs from these Toyota guys. You had Christopher Bell leading for a while near the end of stage two before Denny Hamlin ended up winning it. You had Truex leading for that long time and it looked like he was going to win yet again at Richmond. 
Uh, and you had Ty Gibbs, who was never really like a factor for the win, but he had some good runs going. He was like in the top 15, it seemed like all day and in the top 10 and then ended up um, finishing ninth. So getting a top 10 for him, for the rookie, that's a big confidence booster, of course. But as a whole, you look at the Gibbs stable and they don't have a win this year. Tyler Reddick is the only Toyota with a win. And that's 23. They, they, their own race went out the window. Hamlin's race went out the window, punting Yaley and with all the penalties. Truex had the scuff issue. Gibbs was just never a factor, and Bell was kind of caught up in that incident with Byron. Reddick ends up spinning late, despite running well early, and then Bubba has a safety violation. This was just, Toyota, this was such a huge throwing everything out the window, just just mistakes on all fronts. Uh, I really touched on the manufacturer aspects in the article I did for the Times-Dispatch after the race, and I think Hendrick was just in the right place at the right time to capitalize, and you mentioned Small and Truex going back and forth. And this is a huge cause for concern because Cole Pern, longtime crew chief for Truex, they had so much success together. And James Small comes in and Truex hasn't won a race, didn't win a points race last year at all, didn't win a race last year at all, and only wins the clash this year. And he really hasn't done much since. I think Richmond was their best opportunity to date to get a win for that 19 car. But for the scuffs issue, I don't know if it would have changed anything if Truex had been told that. but it certainly didn't help their case and they didn't end up winning. Adam, last but not least on this Richmond race, obviously we're, we're a little cut short on time. My friend just due, due to the, due to our interview, a fantastic interview that is coming up. Uh, Denny Hamlin, obviously not the finish he wanted. Um, and he, he kind of took out, unfortunately on, on JJ Yaley, JJ Yaley basically breaks a little bit early and well, let's be honest. Denny Hamlin did not break. He just went, and just bumped J.J. Yaley, spun Yaley around and ended up having Yaley ended up into the wall, ruining his day. Our Michael Massey spoke with J.J. Yaley after the race, and he was not shy to hide his frustrations with the driver of the number 11 car. Here with J.J. Yaley. Unfortunately, uh, you got caught up in that first wreck there. What happened from your view? I know you weren't very happy with uh, Denny Hamlin there. Uh, I mean, it pretty simple i mean he just ran me over and got me out of the road i'm assuming <clears throat> assuming he wanted a caution um i mean there was no sun in his eyes i don't know there could have been anything you know from a guy who's been preaching respect for uh the last couple weeks uh it seemed really silly on lap 32 knowing it was gonna be a short run obviously he had no uh, no worries or issues but uh you know restart we're running too wide you know he just got in a, in a hurry and ran me over so what much i could do um you know i hate it from sponsors hate it from my guys uh this is one of the better cars we've had uh this year they've been working hard on, on giving me a better product and um, you know they did that part so you know, we made some adjustments made the car better and just uh, uh, just had to nurse it to the end. Once again that was Mr. J.J. Yaley after contacting via our Michael Massey. I, I don't blame J.J. Yaley in this Adam. I mean the guy just got dumped. I mean it, Denny Hamlin I mean listen I think Denny's great for our sport but he's being a hypocrite he's flat out being a hypocrite he he complains about people not racing with respect and then he just dumps someone just because he wasn't having a good day this is a very bad look for the for the driver of the 11 and i, I mean if we have to choose a side i'm on, on i'm on jj yaley's side here yeah i would kind of agree with you like look i get the frustration because you're early in the race and if memory serves that replay it kind of looks like yaley gets into the door of hamlin on the front stretch a little bit but that's also way too early to be making enemies in a single race and way too early to risk damaging your car. Uh, you know, I tweeted a video where after that happened, it kind of happened right in front of us in the press box, kind of at, as turn one goes into turn two. And then on the backstretch, like a lap or two later, once everyone's circling around under yellow and Yaley, I think had been to pit road once his car's smoking, he's coming out on the backstretch. And it looks like he's going to go after Denny Hamley. He kind of faints towards him a little bit, doesn't end up trying to wreck the 11. But Yaley was not happy, and I really don't blame him. That's a small team, of course. You know, I'm, I'm sure he made, meant nothing by the contact, if there was any on the front stretch, or at least the closed racing. But also, on Hamlin's side, that's no reason to send some guy into the corner that early on, because you're risking jeopardizing your own race, which, as we saw, he had an incredibly fast car. Um, in, in jeopardizing everything and the spent the speeding penalties didn't help later on but I feel like that just kind of set the tone for the entire race for the 11 car you know you mentioned last year's races being a little bit better for you I'm I was a huge fan of both races last year I thought they were great 
I thought this was an addition to that. And I think Hamlin blew an opportunity to win two consecutive really good Richmond spring races. Adam, stay right there, my friend. When we come back, we're going to be diving in to the Bristol dirt. But right before that, our Luke and Glover sat down with Ken Schrader on a plethora of topics. Part one of that interview airs right now. Well, first off, let's let's jump into the present. What are your uh, what are your in the future? What are your plans for the twenty twenty three season uh, with you know dirt racing and stuff like that? Well, uh, whatever the date is today, what we're in the middle of March, and we have run uh, fifty. Yeah, uh, so we will be in a car a bunch. Uh, last year I was in a car 96 days I anticipated being a few more this year uh, so just running the dirt car uh, kind of pretty much coast to coast we've already been this year we've been Arizona uh, wow. Florida Georgia uh, Tennessee uh, you know just all over uh, and you know just get more as, as the weather breaks. Uh, and then we do uh, ride and drive days for Federated Power Parts where they bring in customers and we let them drive cars and then we give them a ride in a two-seater. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and we'll do that probably 40 days. So it's a tremendous amount of fun. That's awesome. And, you know, talk about that Federated Auto Parts, um, you know, bring that on. You know, obviously, you've had a long time partnership with them and relationship. Uh, what's that? What's how how fun has it been? You know, just to have someone like that uh, supporting you and uh, all the great experiences you've had with them over the years. Well, it's just neat to be able to have a relationship with the uh, same company for a number of years. This is our twenty fourth season with them, and uh, uh, we brothers pizza has been with us for half a dozen or so. So we've been fortunate to be around. Uh, you know some companies for for a long time but yes it's it makes a huge difference when you get to know everybody and you used to working together and stuff it uh, just makes it so much simpler you can accomplish a lot more absolutely it's yeah you know, it's good to see uh, sponsors you know sticking sticking with with drivers and everything like it's it's really it's been a fun experience and uh where i even where i drive we've got a couple federated uh stores around here so i always see some of your advertisements around around the place so that's pretty cool um what so you mentioned that you've had those 15 events so far which one has which one's kind of been the most enjoyable for you so far this season um as far as you know you just felt great out there and um had a really good experience and uh liked what you felt they're just they're just races mm-hmm. you know when you, you get over you get done you, you worry about the next one now uh we've won one this year uh, we've got a second, we got a third, we got a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, an eighth, a ninth, and a tenth. All right. Tenth. So, been a pretty solid year. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, even when we're in cup racing, you get done with the race, uh, and it just doesn't make any difference, you know, on that night, and you got to start getting ready for the next week. So, you know, you just, you can't dwell on any of them too much. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, kind of moving on. Uh, I've heard that you know, just kind of moving to the next. Um, when you what? Obviously, there's a lot of difference between dirt racing and, and asphalt racing. What would you say? I think there's so many people out there who, obviously, you know, you don't get to drive, and then many who watch the two and it's like, oh, it's just racing. But what would you say is kind of the biggest difference between? Obviously, there's so many. I feel like, but what would you say is kind of the biggest one to pick at? Um, well. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you which one here there because I'm one of the guys that's, uh, you know, like Kyle Larson on a wing sprint car one day and then run his cup car the next day. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's a lot of things you have to do different, but you sit in that thing, you only got two pedals that mean anything and a steering wheel. Uh, you just, you know, you got to just go around circle, try to go around a little faster than everybody else. It's not like you're trying to reinvent the wheel here yeah. um, it's not that much different I mean we used to run uh, uh, the most we ever did we run four different cars in a night uh, you know four different types of cars 
and you just try to go around circles fast as you can. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously there's more to it than that, mm-hmm. but not all that much more. Yeah, uh, I, that that makes sense. You know, thinking about it, and between between. Which one did you say you had more fun with? Obviously, you do a lot of dirt racing, and of course, you did the asphalt racing all these years. Which one uh, do you enjoy more? So they're kind of like kind of the same, and you just enjoy racing in general. Yeah, racing in general. Yeah. You know, uh, and you know the, the cup deal was a, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But he also it was a lot of work. Any, any type of racing is a lot of work if you're going to try to excel at it. And you know, the cup car, it was a job. You were getting paid paid good to perform so there's some pressure that goes with it but that's just that's just because it's a job uh, being in the car is fun no matter what type of car mm-hmm. do you do you think uh, that's 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 a great point you know it's kind of leading my next question because um, you've been in so many different kinds of cars you tried any car didn't you at one time I was up at Indy Mm-hmm. Never got to try to qualify. We uh, blew an engine the uh, weekend. Or, well, we didn't get to qualify the first weekend because we blew an engine. And then we cut a tire and wrecked the second weekend. Oh. That was the only car we had. So, okay. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, you. Can, I mean, when you look at those experiences, you know, you've had the, the so many cars over years that you've gotten behind the wheel of. Uh, last year, you did the Superstar Racing Experience, right? Um, with um we've done that the, we've done all the testing the last two years okay gotcha and uh uh-huh. so between that car um kind of makes me first question kind of based off that is which car have you enjoyed driving the most um that you feel like kind of fits your style oh just just racing <laughs> just just the car just the car mm-hmm. you know i mean we're having fun with the little dirt there are modifieds that we're running now, but we used to have fun with the midgets, uh, with the winged R, non-wing sprint cars. So I, I wouldn't say there's one that I really enjoy any more than the other one. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's uh, yeah. The biggest thing I've appreciated so far is I just love hearing racing, you know, and that's that's the coolest thing I've heard is just you know just how just being able to race seems you seem to just really enjoy it, and um, I think that's oh. awesome. Yeah, I mean that's just that's what it's all about. Just just out there and the competition against the other guys, whether it's a quarter mile dirt track or Talladega, you know. I know um, you've probably gotten this question before, and it may not be a, how long would you like to race? You know, it, I'm sure I'm sure you just based off how much how you love it. How long would you love to race? Well, we're having as much fun as we ever had mm-hmm. uh, you know obviously take some funding to do this and as long as we can keep Federated and Hunt Brothers and our other sponsors uh, happy and they continue to fund it well then I'll continue to play mm-hmm. you know uh, it's just uh, it's just too much fun so I don't know mm-hmm. you know uh Red Farmer's ninety. Yeah. I'll be I'll be sixty eight in May. It's a long way from sixty eight to ninety. Yeah, you're still young. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> no, I'm not young, <laughs> but um, you know, I'm young compared. Mm-hmm. Do you what what do you what do you think of seeing guys like that, like Red Farmer and then I think uh who was the one that just uh Herschel uh, McGriff, you know, they've even talked about him getting in a car. Uh when you when you see guys when you see stuff like that, does that motivate you or is it like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe they're doing that? <laughs> well, I don't I don't see Herschel getting mm. back in. It's it's really hard uh when you're older mm-hmm. to to sit out for a while. Yeah. Um, and and you know, Herschel was you know, had a great statement there when he got inducted about worrying about his children and Mr. McNally stay healthy, so, you know, because when he gets 100, they told me to put him in, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's kidding about that, but that's oh, not yeah. to he wouldn't try. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it's, I mean, Red, Red's been fighting some pretty serious health issues that would have got a lot of people down, and 
he just keeps bouncing back. Yeah. So it it just it just depends on your your health and you know how much help you got. Mm-hmm. Uh, health and help to keep keep doing it. That's right. Yeah, it's you know it's incredible watching that, and I love getting to see these guys go at it still. And um, looking, I'd say based off that, kind of looking at back at your NASCAR time, uh, who were your some of, who were some of, who were some drivers? I can't speak to that. I'm sorry. Uh, who were some drivers that uh, you look back on and say, you know, I love racing with that guy uh, in NASCAR specifically. That the guys that you love to race around. Oh, see, this is this where I, this is what screws me up because I've had so much fun doing it uh, and just being around it all and being involved with it that it's not like there was one person. And I'm not trying to sound like a cop off, but it's not cop out. But sure. it's not like it's one person or one track or one one team that was your all time favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I mean, it was. It was different when we were running, but you know the world was different. Everything you know always changes. Uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun with you know racing with a lot of those guys. But when I watch those races now, it amazes me how hard them kids are running. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really enjoy watching the races now because man, those kids are driving their butts off all day long. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. it's. It's. It, I was watching those Phoenix races the other day, and specifically the Xfinity race of just how hard it seemed to be able to hold on to the car and everything. Um, what's uh, so? What that's a great. That's a great lead into the next question of what. Uh, what your thoughts are on NASCAR today? You know, what, what have you thought about the new car and kind of just you know so much. There's so much new stuff it seems anymore um, in NASCAR. What What's your kind of. Uh, for, uh, uh, perception of it today. Well, I think you know having enough nineteen winners last year mm-hmm. was was huge. You know, uh, and you know already this year, Stenhouse uh, won, mm-hmm. so we added a winner there. Uh, you know, so twenty races in the last one of its. 36 and parts 20 in the last four or 40 mm-hmm. you know I feel it was 36 last year four or eight yeah so I mean that's just that's that's great uh, I think the new car I mean uh, no doubt about it that's that's the reason mm-hmm. that all that has happened uh, when I watch it on TV I think the racing is better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you, them guys, as I said, they're they're running so hard now compared to what we used to have to, and that's with the stages and uh, the way the the points are with the stage points and everything. Yeah, uh, I I'm just a fan of all of it. I think uh, you know, and, and everybody uh, NASCAR's caught plenty of slack over. You know, all the cars being the same and that. But that's just what all the, you know, so many of the upper farms of motorsports have had to do just to be able to keep the teens in business. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's almost kind of in a way, like, um, to me, I mean, you're seeing a lot of talent, like you said, 20 winners in the last 40 races. and But to me, it's almost kind of shown, you know, the guys who are, just start, who are the most talented. Almost, I mean, yeah, they're still some things here and there that separate teams, but you're almost seeing kind of drivers really getting to show their talent now, I feel like. Would you, uh, would yeah. you say that? Well, yeah, and I don't, I don't know if it's just, it's not just show the talent, because mm-hmm. the talent always, uh, always shines through. Sure. But, but you can't, and still, you know, if you're going to do this, you'd rather have a bigger budget than a smaller budget. Mm-hmm. But you can't just, out budget someone with personnel and engineering and that kind of stuff because the way they have the rules everybody's got to use basically the same same equipment so that really really net up so I, I think it's a it's a win-win I know the cars cost a fortune <laughs> and they're not saving any money yet I don't think but in the long run I think they will and it's making a, a better product for 
the people in the grandstands and the uh, people watching at home. I know the safety was kind of a big topic last year, and they made a NASCAR seemed to put a lot of work, and especially in the off season, into that. Well, uh, based on what you know, you've heard in your discussions, uh, do you feel like the safety has improved with the car, or? Well, we haven't had any those wrecks that we can tell yet. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but but I, I I struggle with that a little bit too, because you know we don't we don't want to be hurting people. Sure. We we sure don't want to be hurting people. But we used to kill them. Yeah. So, you know what? When they strap you in a steel cage and they put you in a fireproof suit and they put this helmet on and then they tether the helmet to your shoulders and they buckle you all up, you know there's a chance something's going to happen. And, you know, yeah. You know, someone getting hurt, man, we hate it, but damn it. They climbed in the thing. Yeah, it's, you know, that, that's a great, you know, it's just, I think people take it so much for granted anymore that, of what y'all do, and that's, I think that's so cool about it too, is, well, or what's so, you know, what's so great about our sport is, you know, these guys, I mean, you guys are athletes, I mean, whether they want to talk about it or not, you, and you guys put your, you do put your lives on the line, I think the world really takes for granted now when they see racing, it's just, man, eh, turn, these guys turn left, but, you know, like, like you said, there's just so much into it that, um, really separates I feel like um but I mean you think about you know what our sport has been through mm-hmm. uh, and how many you know people have been lost over the years but then you know we had that run in the well in the late late 90s early 2000s and I mean it was pretty, pretty brutal there for a while Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely. Was like what four deaths in like a year, almost a year and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it is great to see the safety really improve and and looking at the driver, you know, you're talking about talking about some of those drivers like Larson, Stenhouse. Uh, do you think it's real? I think you know. I think I think it's a pretty easy answer and to some degree, but I think some people kind of overlook it. But do you think there are some valuable? Uh, experiences and opportunities with dirt racing and then being able to translate that into NASCAR, you know, like with uh, Christopher Bell or uh, Kyle Larson or, you know, guys in the past like yourself or Ryan Newman or Casey Kane, you know, guys like that. Do you get a lot of valuable notes from that, you think? Well, I don't think, I don't think because you were dirt racing, it's just, it's just that you were out racing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, if I had a cup team and I was going to hire me a driver, I wouldn't pick someone right up off the dirt, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, Kyle Larson had also run, you know, he's known for his dirt racing. He'd also, you know, run run pavement races and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, a racer is a racer. That's like driving those different type cars, mm-hmm. you know? If they can do it, they can do it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just the fact that, that those guys are out there, they, they were out there, racing 80, 90, 100 times a year before they got picked up. And then when they got picked up, uh, they added the cup stuff or Xfinity or whatever to what they were already doing. Sure, they hadn't turned back yet, but they're still, they're in a frigging car 90, 100 days a year. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're, just, you're sharp, you know, you're ready to go. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a that's a great answer. I uh, appreciate it. <laughs> Once again, big thanks to Luke and Glover. This interview was so good, it could not just be played in its entirety at once. We have to separate it into two single podcasts because it is that damn good. Love it. Speaking of someone that is that damn good at his job, Mr. Adam Cheek, the host of Stock Car Scoop on FrontTrips.com. You can find it every single Sunday on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Spotify, and so much more at Adam and Cheek. Mr. Cheek, Adam, let's dive into Bristol Dirt, third consecutive year. First year, rained, went to Monday. It was dusty. It was all just, it was, no one could see anything. So they moved it to the nighttime, Sunday night racing. And once again, rain infected the area there. It was spotty off and on, off and on, off and on. But when it was all said and done, they did end up getting to run the entire race in a thrilling 
finish. Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe battling it out, heading into turn four. They both slide up the banking. Kyle Busch slides in right in front of him, steals the win, and gets his only victory of the season and his last victory with Joe Gibbs Racing. First and foremost, your overall thoughts on Bristol Dirt before uh, I, I have a gripe that I have to get off my chest. Yeah, sure. So I kind of touched on this in uh, actually the real racing I did a couple of days ago um, with my thoughts on the way they do the dirt race. And it's something where I prefer them do it at a permanent dirt track. You know, I love Eldora. I love the Mud Summer Classic that the trucks did for so long. Knoxville, the two years they did that was, you know, kind of a mess both times true. for Very sure. True. But Eldora was a lot of fun. Uh, and I would really love to see them go back, have the Cup Series there maybe. but. For what it's worth, I do enjoy Bristol Dirt quite a bit. The first year was okay. I vividly remember that race because I was producing it at the radio station I work at. But that race was okay. It had it, and I think it got kind of bogged down with the dust and everything a little bit, kind of obscuring everything. But at the night in the nighttime last year, I was a huge fan of that race. I know we had our hiccups with the dirt issues early on, but once they got those sorted out, I really enjoyed that event. You know, on Easter Sunday, I don't really mind that one way or the other, but I really, I enjoy the novelty of it, whether it's at Bristol Dirt, whether it's at an actual dirt track. I like the fact that they're trying those different things, kind of like the Chicago street course. I think that also falls into the same category a little bit. And I enjoy the fact that they did try something new. Bristol Spring never really left a huge impact on me on the asphalt one way or the other. I always preferred the night race in the fall because there's a lot more on the line. It's under the lights. The fact that they put the Bristol Dirt Race at night last year, I was a massive fan of. And the finish, like you said, Reddick and Briscoe, that's an instant classic. You got two guys going all out for it. And it ends up being a third guy who wasn't even in the picture in the last couple laps stealing the win. So that was a lot of fun to watch. And I'm really looking forward to Sunday. You know, when I was a kid growing up, Bristol was my favorite track. I mean, beating the banging 500 laps. Are you kidding me? I love playing at NASCAR 05, NASCAR 06. I'm like, hell yeah, let's effing go, baby. And then I got to go to Bristol for the first time. I got to cover the race with our Michael Massey last August. And all of that feeling came back. Just walking the banking, how steep it is, and then seeing the cars. And even though it wasn't that good of a race, it was still Bristol. And it was still incredible. And then you you think to yourself, screw that. They just put dirt on it? Like, what in the hell are they thinking? <laughs> I mean, you have, like, like you said, that was perfect. You have Knoxville. You have Eldora. You have the Charlotte Dirt Track. You have all these other great tracks, and you're, you're putting one of the best short tracks on the entire, entire country, and you're covering it in dirt? I don't get it. I don't like it. That it I don't like it being on Easter, mainly just because that, Probably over half the garage has families and they have to be away from their families on Easter. I mean, this is already a daunting schedule. I mean, you get one off week from February to November. I just don't like it. I don't, I don't think there needs to be a, a need for it. If there needs to be a need for, for dirt, go to Eldora or or uh, or Knoxville or, or wherever. I, I just don't find a need for it to be at Bristol. Right. And I'm kind of on the same wavelength there. Like if if they have to do it, I enjoy having the novelty of the dirt on the schedule, regardless of where it is. But I would like Eldora is kind of unique in that it's kind of it's like a, this really wide, massive oval. And I really enjoyed seeing the trucks go there year after year after year. That would be an ideal venue for the dirt race. But again, like a permanent dirt track would be a lot more fun. Record you. Um, obviously, when you come to a road course or you come to a dirt or or any special event, there's some what we quote unquote call ringers. And surprisingly, there's only one ringer, and that is Jonathan Davenport driving the extra colleague car. So are you surprised that there's not more, quote-unquote, dirt ringers in the field? You know, on some level, I am, and some level, I'm not. Last year's cup race really didn't have any, or if it did, it was like one. The first year, it was really cool because we were seeing guys like Stuart Friesen and Mike Marler and Chris Windham take to these cars on the dirt and you know, see if maybe their expertise might land them a win. And But even then, like, it wasn't you know, the Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell we expected to win that race, or them. It was Joey Logano winning that one. And then last year, yeah, Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe, I guess you could throw in that category. If you'd expect them to be good, Reddick, more so good with the car, throwing it into the corners. Briscoe has that dirt background. But 
honestly, I'm not really that surprised by like Davenport's a cool addition. You'll see him driving the Spire truck and the Cup Series car for Colleague, all of which is really neat. But I would like to get to a point where we see that stuff again. Like, I know uh, Project 91 is focusing on like the road courses and bringing in those international guys, but I'd love to see them do like a special event like this and bring in like a road co- or not a road course champion, a dirt racing champion, as it were, you know, bring in, uh, I'm blanking, um, bring in somebody and put them in the car and see what they can do in that 91. But overall, yeah, I'd say it's a disappointing lack of road course or dirt ringers. Now you got me saying road course. I know, right? <laughs> rubbing off on you. Dirt ringers. Um, and, but at the same time, there's enough guys with dirt backgrounds that I think it'll make it exciting no matter what. Guys to watch for, obviously, you got the guys like Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, you know, the, those kind of guys, Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe. But who are who are going to be keeping your eye on maybe, maybe someone that uh, people people are not thinking? You know, I would say, you know, my primary guys to watch are guys with that dirt background or guys that have done well on this track. The, your Tyler Reddicks, your Chase Briscoes, your Joey Logano's. Uh, but one guy that I'm going to keep my eye on is Ryan Blaney. He's got top tens in both of the last two Bristol dirt races. He's a guy who hasn't won this year, who went, you know, only his only win last year was in the all-star race. He didn't even get a points win. He's hungry for that. He had that really hot streak to end the regular season back in 21. Everyone thought he was going to go like on a tear, make the championship four. Didn't quite get there last year, made the playoffs, but again, didn't get a points win this year. I think he's hungry for one. If you're going to go with a guy who you wouldn't normally expect to win on the dirt or do well on the dirt, I'm going to go Blaney. He's got the history there. And I'm going to take that 12 car to be the best to go to victory lane if we get an underdog like him winning. And it's weird to call him an underdog, but we're going to go there. For a guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on is the 31 car of Justin Haley. It was announced today that his 100 points penalty got reduced down to 75, which is just mind boggling in itself. Um, But that's a story for a different day. Um, But he has dirt background, finished 14th last year. And with this, with, him coming into his second full-time year i think he's gonna be be impressive obviously i don't think he's gonna win but top five i think is reasonable top 10 it should yeah. be the expectation so I, i'm gonna go 31 car of justin haley to for a guy to watch out for uh mr cheek you are the guest so i'm gonna have you go with your pick to win the third annual food city dirt race at bristol dirt 250 laps 120 or Yes, 125 miles. Sunday night, Easter Sunday, who's going to be getting the checkered flag in the dirt? You know, it pains me to do this given the trend, and I don't like going against the trend here. Uh, I'm I'm violating Larry Mack's rules here, but I'm going against the trend of non-dirt guys winning or unexpected guys winning with Logano and Kyle Busch the last two years. I'm going to take a dirt guy. I'm going to be the boring one and go with the dirt guy. Christopher Bell has come close to a couple of wins this year he could have won last week at richmond very easily he had the car to do it he had a very fast 20 car but that dude went on a tear last year he won on the road course at charlotte he won at martinsville on the short track he won the daytona road course the year prior he has i don't know what it is but those wins are really lending me to think that he's going to do well this year like he has the dirt background yes but we're talking types of tracks here we got he has a short track he has the one mile with New Hampshire. He has a couple of road courses. All of those have certain elements that lend themselves to a dirt race a little bit. I feel like I'm pro- I might be completely off on this, but Christopher Bell, I'm going to take to win in the number 20 car, get Toyota their second win and start getting them back on track for 2023 because they really, really desperately need it. Adam, let's head on over to the checkered flag with some final thoughts, my friend. Checkered flag, here I come. Final thoughts are in the air. Final thoughts are in the air. Whatever you want to rant, rave, or anything in between. Mr. Adam Cheek, my friend, floor is yours. Okay, yeah, so this is something that uh, you were actually mentioning to me uh, a while back and something I think that we've had discussions on in the past, and it was kind of reinforced this past week at Texas a little bit. Texas, of course, being the site of the truck race, being a support race for IndyCar, that weekend while the cup series and Xfinity series were at Richmond. I 
I've been very underwhelmed by the truck series this year. There are elements to it that I like. There's very talented people in the field. You have your veterans. You have a guy like Matt Crafton who's been around forever and is kind of one. It feels weird to call like Thor Sport a half veteran team because you've also got Ben Rhodes, who's a champion. He's only like 26 years old and he's a seasoned veteran of the series. He's one of like the, the most experienced guys in there. And he's only 26. He's a year older than me. But you look at the truck series field. And there, it just feels like the racing is lacking this year. And this is something that we talked about in Slack at some point where I dug back in because I remember really enjoying like the early 2010s truck seasons. 2012 was one of my favorite seasons. It started off with one of the most entertaining and wild and bat crap crazy Daytona races I think we've ever seen in the truck series um, with Joey Coulter going into the catch fence on the last lap and John King winning of all people. But you look at the truck season 2012. 16 different winners in 22 races. You had veterans like Johnny Sauter, Crafton, Joey Coulter, Brendan Gaunt, Justin Lofton, Hornaday, Busher, uh, James Busher, Paluto, Peters, Norm Benning, Nelson PK Jr. All of these guys. And it just feels like the truck series isn't what it once was. There's, you know, a lot of incidents during these races. I'm not blaming Carson Hosvar for that last lap incident last week. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, I think Carson Hosfar is an incredibly talented driver and was going to win a race at some point. He's going to win more, but it just feels like the truck series is not what it once was. I, I'm going to piggyback off of that. And when I think of the truck series, I, I even go a little bit further uh, than that. I, I think of the guys like Jack Spring and, and Ron Hornaday and, yeah. and just Todd Bodine, even, even a guy like Mark Martin or Carl Edwards coming in, uh, Carl, Carl Edwards coming in just into the series. I mean, you had Brad Kozlowski come in in like a start and park truck. I mean, you you had guys that went and started at the very bottom and went and went their way up. Now, I mean, three fourths of the field is under probably twenty years old, and they're all having daddy's money and they're just cashing che- just cashing checks in order to run the race. And we saw it at Texas. And and sure, I know it's the last lap, but the thing is, you can't just wreck someone for the win. I mean. Sure, it's his Carson Osovar's first win, but he just he just right hooked a guy into the fence. Wouldn't you want to win a race fair and square, back and forth, uh, it, onto the backstretch? I mean, it's just it feels more and more like just people buying rides. And and listen, I, I'm from Boise, Idaho, and we Brian Scott is is known for that. I mean, his his grandpa's Joe Albertson's. Uh, of of the Albertsons chain here here in Idaho and, and among other here in the, in the Northwest, but it, it feels like we are getting less and less of the true racers and more of the pay drivers, and that's not good. And I I I don't like seeing what the truck series has become. I want to see some fantastic race and three and four wide, and sure if there's a couple wrecks, then that's fine. But I don't want to see wreck after wreck after wreck and people wrecking someone for the win in turn one. Now, if it's turn four and they're just bumping, sure, that's fine. But that that's a, called a bump and run, not a wreck and run. And it, it and it has to stop and it has to stop here. And I'll slightly disagree with you. I don't think I think it was more Nick Sanchez being out of shape that caused that wreck more than anything last week. I don't think I, th- I think it's the last lap you're not going to lift. Uh, like I said, I'm not blaming Hosovar for that. So I, I think we might be slightly disagreeing there. But I am on your train of thought as a whole because one thing that stuck out to me last year is we only had 23 races in the Truck Series season in 2022. Half or more than halfway through, 14 races in, seven of those wins were full-time drivers. Seven of those were guys that were part-time or just getting experience or cup drivers that dropped down. We had a run where it where races were won by Ross Chastain, cup driver, Corey Heim, part-time in the trucks, Kyle Busch, cup driver, Todd Gillen, cup driver, Ryan Priest, who was part-time. And that's, I just, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that. You know, the truck series last year, 14 races and half, only half of the races were won by full-time guys. You don't really, it really doesn't feel like you have a battle for the playoffs that way. And I'm, I'm with you on, on the sense that these races aren't as fun to watch. I don't like the fact that we have yellow after yellow after yellow. And I'm, I think some of the guys in there are incredibly talented. You have someone like Zane Smith, you have Ty Majeski, Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, naming all the Thor sport guys, apparently, <laughs> but you have a lot of talented guys in there. But you also have this other side of, of guys who, whether it's wreck a lot or just kind of, I mean, you have some talent. Like, Hosovar is in, what, his third, fourth season. Raja Karuth is in his first full-time season in trucks. I think he's going to get a win or two this year. 
Uh, you also have, I think Majeski's going to win a lot more. He got a couple of wins last year. I think he's going to be at the front a lot, but it's just, it doesn't feel the same as it once was. And like I said, there's not that veteran presence. And even if it is, it's Ben Rhodes, who's 26. Yeah, 26 year old has a veteran prep presence. I, I, I don't know if, if that's a good thing, but <laughs> I, I think that's a story for a different day. Adam, where can we find you on the Twitter? And then uh, what are you going to be cooking up on frontstretch.com, brother? Yeah, sure. So uh, Bristol this week. So I did an article on the various portrayals of dirt racing in movies, which there weren't as many as I imagined in racing movies. Um, but I touched on some of those. We've got Stock Car Scoop this week, of course. Uh, next week, well, we're coming soon is going to be a Days of Thunder kind of fan cast for the sequel. I'm working on that. That's something I kind of want to do closer to the one year anniversary of Top Gun Maverick because it's kind of along the same lines of a legacy sequel, if you will. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam and Cheek on Instagram at Adam Cheek three. And this week you can find me listening to Allison Chain's 1992 album Dirt over and over in preparation for Bristol Dirt. Fantastic album. And I highly recommend it. And I cannot wait for Bristol Dirt this weekend. It's better than lights. That's what we learned last year. And I can't wait for Easter Sunday. Oh, but we were doing so good. And then you had the damn Alice and Chains reference. Come on, Cheek. It's a classic uh, album. Okay, get <laughs> Okay. For Adam, Cheek, and everybody here, once again, Stock Cars Group every single Sunday. Through the gears, we've got a great new host, Mr. Mark Harris. He's going to be our debut episode this upcoming Friday. I'm going to be on it. going to be absolutely incredible. Once again, on Apple Podcasts in Google, Spotify. And then we have two huge huge announcements coming next week you do not do not want to miss it i am so excited for these two announcements so stay tuned next week we will announce them live here on the front trade podcast with brian timothy for adam cheek and everybody associated with front stretch i am brian thank you so much for joining us next week part two of the ken trader new announcements and more see you then